Hello, what have we here? Welcome to the IDP Nation Podcast, the Factory Sports Network's IDP-centric show. We're your hosts, Dan Cook and Daryl Winston. Are you ready for some tenacious IDP discussion? We've got you covered from the LV1 Year Taxi Squad. This is IDP Nation. Welcome back. We have our first of the bonus shows this week. Today, we're going to talk AFC North IDP style. Daryl, how are you? Hi, Dan. How's it going? Good, good, good. And um, we are going to get right into it. Uh, As we said before, these are the no frills shows, just strictly (laughs) IDP info for your uh, divisional preview, so to speak, so we don't have to... uh, waste about eight shows doing divisions we'll just knock them out here with bonus shows we'll start with the baltimore ravens and up front you know they run a 3-4 defense still uh with don martindale running that john harbaugh has a big hand in that as well uh yeah chris warmly at one kind of defensive end kind of defensive tackle position it's really hard to separate these ends and tackles for these guys because i think they're so interchangeable on this front line for baltimore would you agree yeah so finding mfl designations for them is is uh, i don't know it's a tall task and it's gonna be a pain in the neck because really these guys are all interior alignment they're they're not really ends none of them are really ends Uh, but brandon williams michael pierce uh they drafted dalen mack in the fifth round uh, he's a guy you liked a lot, I believe. Or actually, uh, JJ liked a lot. Uh, Pernell McPhee, I guess, is the closest to an end that you have. Uh, but most of these guys are just interior linemen. So uh, Willie Henry's another guy that sees some snaps. Uh, and here is the big question mark that everybody has. Uh, they, they lost C.J. Mosley, their, their leader, their captain, their their... <clears throat> Uh, maybe not their captain, maybe that's Jefferson, uh, but they're, they're middle of that defense, and who's going to fill that line? Um, the proposed starting lineup here, you got uh, Kenny Young and Patrick Anwasso kind of on the inside, Matt Judon and Tim Williams on the outside. You got second-year man, Tyus Bowser, or third-year man at this point, uh, Tyus Bowser, and rookie Jalen Ferguson there. Uh, some other guys, Shane Ray, could see some playing time. Chris Board has been rumored to be fighting with Kenny Young for that inside spot. It seems like Patrick is the only one that's kind of got a definite role here. And safety-wise, uh, well, corner-wise first, Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith and Marlon Humphrey are your main guys with Tavon Young. Uh, Tavon Young played a whole lot, so uh, Brandon Carr, I believe, missed some games. Jimmy Smith may have missed some games um, as well. And then safety-wise, Tony Jefferson, and lastly, uh, my former heart and soul, that uh, Legion of Boom secondary, Errol Thomas. And uh, it is hard to say goodbye, but... uh, He's pretty close by in Baltimore, so good luck to him this year. I'll be kind of cheering for him, regardless of the uniform change, because he's a good player, and uh, you know they didn't want to pay him, so it's not him that made this situation like it was. You know, and that might be the strength of Baltimore's defense is Earl Thomas and Jefferson at free safety and strong safety. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid one-two punch right there. Yeah, yeah, and especially if Thomas is healthy. Yeah, and we'll take a look at the numbers here in a minute here. Tackle-wise, C.J. Mosley led the way with 105. Tony Jefferson had 74. He should probably continue at that same rate. Eric Weddle, who has departed, had 68. So you could probably see Earl Thomas sliding right in there to that role. Uh, Patrick Anwasso got 59 total tackles. And Kenny Young had 51, despite he only played or started three games. He, he played at all of them, but only starting three games, 
I don't know if Baltimore just doesn't like him or, or they just want to give competition, you know, to see, see who rises. Uh, because it seems like 51 tackles only starting three games is pretty good numbers for a rookie. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, that's – how many games did he start, do we know? Three. <clears throat> so only yeah, starting three right. games and you're – he was fifth in tackles on the team. Even had two and a half sacks. Yeah, <clears throat> so I don't know. Yeah, and I think with Mosley gone, I think he sees a big uptick. Yeah. Uptick, especially just just due to being a starter, will will get him a lot. So he could approach. Yeah. I don't know. He could get close to a hundred at that rate. Yeah, I mean three. I mean, if he doubles his snap, I mean we'll talk about snaps here in a minute, but. Um, his snap rate wasn't uh, wasn't that far. Actually, it was pretty low. Uh, so if he just bumps that up twenty percent, you know, we'll look at some of the departed because these guys have lost a lot of their players, and we'll take a look at that right now. Uh, sack wise, there's top sackers: Zadarius Smith gone. He's a Packer. Mm-hmm. You got Matt Judon, seven sacks. He will be back, and he will be probably their best pass rusher and he's going to be like uh kenny young he only started eight games so he's going to see an uptick in his numbers too as a well see matt judon two years ago had a really good season i think he's better as that situational pass rusher i don't know that you want him out there 90 percent of snaps he played 65 percent this year so i mean starter in name you know snap number one he wasn't on the field but third downs he's in on every third down you know he's, he's maybe in on passing downs to rush um right i think was area smith gone and suggs gone you know we suggs was at seven i don't know if i mentioned that yet um yes two key components of this defense gone terrell suggs and cj mosley and if you think mm-hmm. about passing the torch you know ray lewis kind of passed the torch to suggs suggs kind of passed it sort of the cj mosley but they both leave the same time so who's gonna be the leader i think their answer was the safeties as we mentioned jefferson and thomas uh taking the mantle of leading this defense because i'm not sure what they know what they got up front this is one of the shakiest front sevens i think in the league and toughest to figure out you got some some guys they're definitely going to play, but who's starting? Who's quote unquote starting? Who's getting the line share, the the percentage of t- snaps, is what's going to be interesting. Yeah, and this is one of probably Baltimore's worst front sevens they've had in quite a number of years. I think it's worse in that their top guys aren't top guys. They have right. a lot of depth at this these positions up front they don't have a lot of elite talent at this depth you know you know what i'm saying like they, they have yes. players that can play but they don't have that elite player that maybe and maybe i guess they didn't think cj mosley was that elite player um so i don't know uh continue with the sacks patrick on had five and a half uh, and kenny young had two and a half so uh, you can see the linebackers get a lion's share of the sacks. None of the inside guys really got much penetration as far as big sack numbers. In fact, I think Tavon Young was next in line with two sacks. So they really need some guys to step up. And I'm not sure if there's anybody here. I think Jalen Ferguson actually is the best guy that, that could step up and, and take the sacks. Matt Judon, yeah. obviously, will probably produce about the same. Yeah, I mean, there's big voids to fill with Zadarius Smith and Terrell Suggs being gone. I don't know that they and, filled them. That's the thing. I don't know that they filled those yeah. voids very well at all. But you were talking about the sacks just between those two. That's 15 and a half sacks. Yeah. But that's also, let's see, 35. That's 40 quarterback hits. Yeah. That's big numbers that you've got to find – Somebody's got to fill those roles for them to be successful. And I'm kind of like you. I don't know that they have that. Yeah. This might be the first year that I am looking at the Baltimore defense as not very good. 
You know, you're looking. Uh, I, would, I would probably agree with you. I, I think I think they're, I think they're be, average. Is, is I guess I don't. I want to say they're bad. I want to say they're going to be very average. Right. I mean, which they, may be good in terms of IDP because they're. I think they're going to be on the field a lot. Well, I don't know because on offense, what they want to do is slow the game down and run the ball. So, you might want to avoid this team in general just because the the game they want to play seems to be a ground-and-pound game, which means they're going to grind out the clock with Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Hill. They're, they're going to try to grind it on you. So similar to Seattle, the teams, you know, and Seattle's IDPs didn't do too bad, but they're going to try to compete with Seattle for most runs because, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, Baltimore is definitely one of those teams that we'll have to sink our teeth into as training camp uh, gets going. Once we see some of that stuff, I know I will be watching lots of training camp live starting next Monday. I'm pumped. Finally, something (laughs) to talk about besides a bunch of lousy guesses at stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm going to have to rely on you for a little bit till I get home each day. But yeah, you get the West Coast stuff. Uh, but top IDPs, they have Jefferson, I think, is probably their top guy that they have. You know, he had an interception, a forced fumble, fumble recovery, sack, and six passes defended last year. Uh, you had Anwa So with an interception, two forced fumbles, and 12 QB hits. Like I said, Kenny Young, not much in the extras department, but, you know, three games started. Uh, Earl Thomas comes over. He he had an injury-ending, uh, uh, injury-ended his season early last season. So, you know, his numbers, I'd said before his numbers weren't exactly superstar numbers. So I wouldn't rely on him too much as an IDP target. He's a good football player, excellent football player. Um, but not a guy I rely on an IDP too much. Matt Judon, again, you're expecting about seven sacks. He had 20 quarterback hits. So he's going to be the one guy, I think he and Ferguson are probably the two top guys to get sacks on this team. And just to throw in there, yeah. Marlon Humphrey, if you have a cornerback premium league, meaning that your your cornerback's points are pumped up a little bit with passes defended especially, Marlon Humphrey had 15 <laughs> passes defended last season. Led yep. the team. And that's a – I mean, I, I don't know the leaders in that category because I don't follow corners that much, but – you know, if you bump that up to three or four points, you know you're you're getting an extra th- bonus of three or four points, and, and that's something that for a discussion for another time about scoring. Um, you know, you want to try to balance out those corners, make them a little bit more valuable, uh, make good corners valuable. Passes defended is one of those ways to to make those good corners valuable, because you know your, your good corners will knock the ball away. Yeah. Um, snap count wise, Weddle led the team with 98%. Carr had 85%. Mosley had 85%. He gone. Tony Jefferson had yeah. 83%. Sugg 72%. He's gone. Humphrey 69%. <laughs> Zadarius Smith. He gone. Matt Judon 65%. Jimmy Smith 59%. And Tavon Young 58%. I sound like the White Sox uh, announcers. Announcing home runs going over the, the fence, but they Hawk all gone. What's that? I said you sound like Hawk Harrelson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. He gone. Put it on the board. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of production, a lot of snaps up for grabs here. And I think that is, that's where our, our unknown comes from. And, you know, looking at this, we, we have our guesses at who's going to take the job and who's going to run with it. Uh, personally, I'd right. like to see Jalen Ferguson get a lot of snaps. Not sure that's necessarily going to happen. Uh, Shane Ray, they brought in from Denver. He could definitely see snaps. It doesn't look like a lot of these rushers play 100%, so I think you're going to see a healthy rotation in here. And a lot of their safeties... Yeah, they've got a... Or a lot of their corners had to play a lot because they had a lot of injuries. They always seem to have injuries at corner. Yeah, and I think Deshaun Elliott will help that safety group too. He was drafted last year and got hurt and missed most of the year. So yeah, he was, one, he was one of my favorite sleepers last season to, to stash. And, and on taxi squads where I'm allowed to keep 
guys that are now second year or third year guys. I still have him, but uh, it's getting harder and harder to hold on to him with you know, signing Earl Thomas. You know, unless something you know. I know some of the Earl Thomas isn't the healthiest person. True, some of the uh, early rookie buzz and rookie drafts has been uh, Dalen Mack, the rookie. So he may get a lot of play up front in that front four. Yeah. So, moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals, and and I'm trying to to find something here. <laughs> uh, here we go. God dang it, Bobby. That sounds about right. Um, first of all, Cincinnati <laughs> has now lost two offensive tackles. Their rookie that they drafted is gone for the season. And they had another yep. one up and retire because of a medical condition. So, yep, I saw that. What, oh, yeah. Clint Bowling had to retire, and um, their rookie uh, is out for the year. So yeah, not good. that is a recipe for disaster. Uh, I think, and I hate to say this, Already, but Zach Taylor might be under the microscope like uh, Steve Wilkes was in Arizona. <laughs> and it would be a shame because I, I am definitely opposed to firing a guy one year into the job because you don't even give him a shot to bring in his guys and his system and stuff. One one round of free agency, and, and by the way, they did virtually nothing in free agency. Um, one round of free agency and one round of drafting you can't create your own team in that. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's definitely limits you. Yeah. So let's go through the, the, the starting or the not just the starting, but the, the pieces that the Cincinnati Bengals have to deal with here. Uh at the right. tackle positions, obviously Geno Atkins is an absolute beast. Uh we yep. all love him. Uh and we'll talk about him often in the next couple minutes. Uh, Andrew Billings is the other tackle. Uh, I think Ryan Glasgow gets some play. Uh, an interesting rookie to keep on your, uh, you know, stashing. Maybe Rennell Wren, I believe from Arizona State, was a fourth-round pick. Uh, maybe the heir apparent. Maybe he takes over for Billings. Maybe he gets mixed in there a little bit. Uh, you know, we're always very high on rookies because, you know, we, we get that rookie fever. Uh, it ends, but it's good to know the names so they don't just come out of nowhere. And you're like, I never heard of this guy before. Uh, he might be on right. your taxi squad. Uh, at end, you're looking at Carlos Dunlap, the vet. You got Jordan Willis, Sam Hubbard, and Carl Lawson, along with Andrew Brown even. Uh, they're all in the mix for snaps. Kerry Wynn was brought in as a free agent. Um, I don't see him doing a whole, whole lot, but... Um, you got a few guys here. Uh, I like Hubbard as a sleeper. Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, but any any guys up front here you like in particular? Yeah, like you said, I'm I'm liking Atkins. Um, Dunlap's one of those vets of... you could pro- you should probably consider selling or buying low. If you're a contender, yes. buy low on Dunlap because you know he, he's. This is his ninth year in the league, I believe, maybe tenth. He's drafted Billings, in 2010. I've just, I want to like Billings, and I was high on him coming out of uh, college, but he just hasn't hit that level now. Grant, he plays that nose tackle where it's hard to get a lot of production, but yeah, he plays that role of I'm going to take up space so Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap can do their thing. That's yeah. his role, and he does yeah. he does well. So IDP wise, he's not on the radar for me, at least. Um, right. Moving to linebackers, uh, they lost Devontae's perfect. He's not on the team anymore, and this is where a lot of people are just throwing darts at people. Uh, but Preston Brown, they re-signed. They brought him back, I believe, with a two-year deal. He's the man in the middle. Nick Vigil, he just keeps producing. <laughs> I uh, don't have yeah. much to say about him. Jordan Evans is probably going to be the weak side guy. Then you got a ton of reserves that have talent that we've all talked about uh, that may push Evans and Vigil out of the way. And uh, we're talking about Jermaine Pratt. 
this year's third round pick. It's funny because if you look at this list, Nick Vigil, third round pick 2016. Uh, the other guy on the other side that we might see, Malik Jefferson, 2018, third round pick. Jermaine Pratt this year, third round pick. It seems like these, they would like taking linebackers in the third round or something. <laughs> uh, they also have Hardy Nickerson, Jr. I, I think if it was Hardy Nickerson, I'd be more impressed. Uh, but Hardy Nickerson, Jr. is also in the mix. And uh, don't sleep on Deshaun Davis from Auburn. He was a sixth round pick this year, but I think he yep. has a chance. I don't know. Maybe I'm just wishful thinking there. But I've stashed him in a couple leagues, deep, deep, deep leagues. Um, you know, I don't expect him to do much this year, but you know, Preston Brown's not the healthiest guy around. So, no, he's uh, not. Yeah, so they, they have a lot of depth here at linebacker That's that's we're going to need to see shake out. Um, and they're going to be on the field a ton probably because – I don't know. People have high hopes for Mixon and, and Dalton and Green, but I don't know. I see a, a Bengals team just like they have been the last few years, kind of puttering along. Uh, well, in the secondary, you have Dre Kirkpatrick, William Jackson, and probably B.W. Webb. Uh, B.W. Webb brought over. We just talked about him the other day from the Giants. Um, and at safety here's where you get interesting and mm-hmm. it used to be a rule to avoid bengal safeties they last year they had really good uh season and they're all, they're basically split like 50 50 production wise uh sean williams and jesse bates and you know I, i've already admitted my faults with jesse bates uh we don't need to rehash <laughs> that but uh yeah both of them are pretty good so they are draftable definitely and you should consider them and we'll get into numbers here in a minute, but I see those two repeating what they did a year ago. Yeah, I could see it because, again, the, the front four is good, I think. The the middle three is where I think it's a little soft. You know, Which, for me, in IDP terms, that's what I want to hear. For your you know, safety, yes. The front four, you know, if you've got Williams and Bates, you know, the front four was basically the same as it was a year ago. But if your linebackers are a little weak or weaker than it was a year ago, then those two safeties, man, they are going, they're going to have big days each and every week. Or at yeah. least they're going to have the opportunities to have big days. Yeah, and we'll get into their numbers. It wasn't just the tackle numbers that made Bates no, and it Williams was not. good, and we'll get into that in a minute. Tackle numbers wise, we'll start with here. Bates at 111, Williams 110. So that's what I meant by about 50 50 production. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to say, oh, strong safeties. You got to draft only strong safeties. And I'm in that camp depending on the scheme. So this scheme seems, and uh, it's a new coach, I believe, Lou Anarumo. Uh, but I don't know. I think Jesse is- Bates is, is good enough to overcome that free safety role. Yeah, uh, there is some tagging. good free safety. Ben yeah. Bates, uh, Kevin Byard's another one in Tennessee. So, I mean, Harrison Smith and, has been a free safety for years, and he's been a top ten right. safety his entire career when he's healthy. Uh, right. So those are the top two. Nick, yes, Nick Vigil. I just want to make sure I got the right Vigil here. Eighty-four <laughs> tackles, and then you have Dequez Denard, who is not currently on the roster. I think he's still a free agent. I think he uh, was 68 tackles. I don't know why. He's, I mean, I guess, I don't know. For IDP, he's a good corner. I don't know what he is actually in NFL terms. <laughs> uh, and then Jordan Evans, uh, the weak side linebacker, was 61 tackles. He played while Perfect was dealing with injuries. Um, so Denard's gone. You know, Preston Brown, if he can stay healthy, I would expect him to be creeping up in that range. Um, maybe that's why Bates and Williams were able to get so many tackles, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see there. Sack-wise, you had Geno Atkins with 10, so much like Fletcher Cox leading his way in tackles, or sacks, I mean. Uh, Carlos mm-hmm. Dunlap had eight. Uh, he's kind of gone a little downhill. Yeah. And uh, the, the, maybe the beginning of the end for Carlos Dunlap. Uh, they just re-signed him, though. So they production, did. you know, we'll, we'll dig into some numbers here in a few minutes. Uh, as far as 
uh, besides sacks, uh, Sam Hubbard with six. Uh, and I think Hubbard has a – I think that's the floor for Hubbard. And maybe I'm higher on Hubbard than others, but I think he has the potential to get in that double-digit conversation this year. Right. So um, hitching my name to, to Sam Hubbard here. Uh, <laughs> Billings had two-and-a-half sacks at, at the tackle position and Evans with one-and-a-half. So, you know, obviously the two big, big guys up front, you know, they are your – your bread and butter, your, your Atkins and your Dunlap. They've been there for years being your steady uh, producing guys. Um, yeah. Anything about any of those guys you want to mention? Well, I mean, just those two right there together. I mean, they're eight sacks and 10 sacks, 21 QB hits and 19. So they're both neck and neck. Hubbard, you mentioned he had six sacks, but he also had nine QB hits. Another one that I'm, I'm kind of liking is Carl Lawson right behind him. He had he only had one sack, but he he finished fourth on the team in quarterback hits with eight. Yeah, and Carl Lawson's that guy that they're saying Hubbard and he will probably be fighting out for that starting role. Um, so it depends on who wins that competition. Uh, yep. And the one thing that concerns me about Dunlap and Atkins is Dunlap is going to be thirty years old, and Atkins is going to be thirty one. Um, and I'm a bit of an ageist, especially when it comes to the dynasty. Um, they're getting <laughs> up there. But Dunlap had 21 yeah. QB hits. Atkins had 19. Atkins also had 13 tackles for loss. Um, I still love Geno Atkins and his disruption uh, causing self. Absolutely. Uh, especially getting... if you play in D-tackle premium leagues. Absolutely. He's one of the top yeah. four or five in the league, so. He's a guy that you might look to sell, though, because when's he going to fall off the cliff? And I think that's that's the fine line we have to think about when we're IDP players is we, we don't want to get stuck carrying the, you know, like Terrell Suggs. He could get you four or five sacks this year, but he's his value's nothing. You know, you want to sell when you can, but you don't want to sell too early, you know. It's a fine line between knowing when to get out and trying to figure out if you should get out. Um, so Dunlap had eight passes defended at his defensive end position. He's always been good at getting his arm up. Two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and like we said, 21 QB hits. Uh, Atkins, again, disruptive. 13 tackles for loss, 19 QB hits. Jesse Bates, here's where we get into safeties, and they're, they're not just tacklers. And this is where their points... Uh, can can really boost you in leagues where you have big play or you have the high tackles, obviously, because uh, they had a high number. Bates had seven passes defended, three picks, and one return for a touchdown. Uh, Sean Williams had five picks, nine passes defended, a th- one run back for a touchdown of those INTs, and a forced fumble, and he also added a sack. Um, those extra bonus plays and the passes defended. We talked about corners mm-hmm. getting extra points for passes defended. In some leagues, safeties have that premium for passes defended too. So definitely keep an eye on your scoring for those sorts of things and keep an eye out for those players if they are available, if they're available in a trade, if you're looking to acquire them, if you're maybe a redraft player you know, we don't talk about redraft often, but this is a weekly game. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it all boils down to a dynasty or a redraft, you need to win week one, week two, you know, and so on. You need to win 14 through 16, too. So yep. keep that in mind. Uh, Sam Hubbard, we talked about, had a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown. Uh, Vigil only played in 11 games. Preston Brown only played in seven Brown still had two picks and four passes defended in those seven games. So there maybe still is some life. And I know last year the talk was let Preston Brown have a hot start and then get rid of him while when Burfick came back. Well, this year Preston Brown is the guy. He's only 26 years old. Uh, people hate on him a lot. But you yes, could probably do. buy him real cheap. You can pick them up real cheap in startups. Um, I know we're, we're each in some eliminators. 
You know, not mm-hmm. not a bad late dart throw, a starting middle linebacker that's probably going to see the field a lot. Healthy, if that happens. Um, any other guys you want to point out on this defense that we should uh, be targeting? Uh, no, I think we've covered them all. I mean, we. I mean, yeah, I know you said you didn't like Nickerson, but he did okay. Fifty-seven tackles. Um, I just don't think a, he's. A lot of the extra. I just don't think he's. I don't know. I mean, worthy of, for him he, he's taxi squad fodder for me, or you know, if Breston Brown gets hurt, that's going to be the big if. That, yeah. So if he gets hurt, maybe you do pick up Hardy Nickerson Jr. and plug him in. Yeah, I think he would be the next man up. I think. More than likely. So getting into snap counts, Bates played 99% of snaps, uh, maybe 98 point something, but I rounded up because, you know, five and up, you round up, four and down, you, you keep it the same. Uh, a little less snap there for you kids out there, or adults. Oh, Lord. Always uh, it, it, it becomes second nature, man. Uh, Willie Jackson played 94%. Uh, Williams played 88%. Dunlap, 74 Atkins, 70 those guys are all still on the team, and I would expect similar production. Uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, 69%. Denard played 60. They're going to need somebody to fill in for him. Probably B.W. Webb. Uh, Vigil, 60%. Billings, 56%. And Nickerson played 46% as Brown missed a ton of time. Uh, not half the season. Just over half the season. So Nickerson kind of filled in there. I would expect Nickerson to go back to the bench. Uh, they added Jermaine Pratt. They lost Vontez Perfect. Um, some would say that's addition by subtraction. Right. He, he was Marv Lewis's boy, and maybe the team is better off without him. Uh, we will see. But they have a lot of talent. How they use them and where they decide to put them um, is going to be interesting. And I think some of this is they're wanting to get a lot younger. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have a young head coach. Well, they I mean, have... they've, I mean, look, you've got uh, – you already talked about um, Atkins and uh, – Yeah, they just oh, signed them last year, though, so they, they probably yeah, they, are. I mean, they – him and Dunlop, you know, or Dunlap, they're going to they're gonna keep those. But, you know, Preston Brown's older. Michael Johnson, they oh, finally moved on. Preston Brown's him, 26. He was another – yeah. He's not that old. Fontes perfect stone. You know, even with Darquez Denard, so maybe there's a youth movement coming here a little bit for him. Yeah. Although perfect was perfect 29. Darquez Denard is not that old. He was, I mean, I guess he's turning 28 this season. Eight. I think he's 28 now. Yeah. He's been around a while. I haven't played. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with, the, like you said, this was. Uh, Lewis's guys, and he's yeah, going. So now they're, they're kind of moving on. Yeah, so we we can look forward to a youth movement. And speaking of youth movement, if you're interested in uh, learning how to scout rookies, uh, you can check out the Scouting Academy. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. And welcome back here. And real quick before you go that, we got a couple other things to mention. Number one, the Factory Sports membership. Become a member. Come chat with us on Slack. Come read our articles, rankings, ADP. Uh, We got it all. We got a great deal still going on. You know, any day now they're going to pull that deal out from under us and uh, it will be no more. You get the, the rookie guides both the offense and the defense rookie guide and a membership for a year for $29.99 and also dropping for I believe order I'm not sure if you can get your hands on it yet Uh, I just got a copy of it 
the redraft guide. So if you are raring up for your redraft leagues, your offense-only redraft leagues, I'm sorry, no no IDP in there. Uh, uh, Shane just sent a copy over to me to, to kind of proofread and check out uh, over the weekend, and it is awesome. There's a lot of good information in there, consistency uh, information. Uh, they go through every team. They go through stats from last year, projections for this year. And it is very well put together. Uh, I'll get a chance to dig into it a little bit more, and I'll let you guys know on Sunday uh, what I think about it. And you know, it's uh, on sale right now, DynastyFootballFactory.com. Uh, you could check Shane's timeline. I'm sure he has it pinned, and he tweets about it like every five minutes. So I'm sure you can find a tweet of his to to, to find the link. And you can also check out our timelines. We have, I'm sure, linked a retweet or something about that. Uh, it's a very good uh, deal. The first year we put out anything like this before. And uh, give it a try. I know the, the redraft team has been working very hard on it, along with Shane. And uh, go support those guys. And if you're into redraft, I know some of us aren't. I do a few redraft leagues. I will definitely be reading this to get all that info. Uh, because I spend all my time on defense most of the time. It doesn't right. put you, Daryl, there. Yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm, I don't know, 40, 50 leagues. So I'm probably 90% of those are, I'd say it's even higher. It's just strictly IDP. So, yeah, most of my leagues are IDP. And ever since we started doing this, you know, podcast and writing and <laughs> things like that, most of my attention is on IDP. So, you know what I have to do? I have to listen to, to Dynasty Trades HQ and the Dynasty Warzone and Super Flexible and the Rookie Fever Pod and, and, and I listen to a lot of other podcasts as well uh, to get that offensive knowledge in my brain. So I intake that stuff audio-wise and uh, then I worry about my, my defense myself and doing my own research on defense. Um, so I rely on these guys and Shane and, and the guys at, in the in the dynasty and redraft fields to kind of give me all that offensive knowledge so I don't have to go research that too because there's just 24 hours in a day last time I checked and there's not enough for me to do all this research into IDP and offense too. So, uh, so go to dynastyfootballfactory.com and take advantage of that. Um, so this is a good transition into a team that uh, pretty much everybody is excited for. And this is what they're thinking in C-Town. Awesome. Oh, Lord. The hype train on the Cleveland Browns is completely <laughs> out of control. I think they're 20 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Or maybe even better than that. I don't even know. Like, trust me, the Browns are going to be better. Okay? I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. And Browns fans, don't hate on me too much. They will be better. They will be contending for a playoff spot. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? I don't think so. You can add him at, at Seahawks Day and Night. I'm trying to be a realist here. Okay. <laughs> I know I know many people think Baker Mayfield is the way and the truth, but right. and he's going to be excellent. I just don't think year two he's going to take the team to the Super Bowl. We've seen yeah. it before, though. We, we've seen you know Russell Wilson and other you know players do that kind of thing. But right. hold your horses, okay? Build something here. Don't just you know it's, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, okay? Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of talent, so that's okay to, to get your hopes up a little bit. You know, it's, it's the season of hopes. Uh, but at tackle, this is quite a lineup here. We talked about this on Rated IDP Live a couple weeks ago. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson up front. That's pretty stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Trayvon Coley, uh, Brian Price, Carl Davis mixing in there in the tackles. On the ends, you have quite possibly the DE1, Miles Garrett, and Olivier Vernon, who will probably revive his career with the Browns. He's kind of had a couple seasons where he's been okay, but 
hasn't been what he was uh, when JPP and him were dominating in the, for the Giants. Another guy to keep an eye on, Jannard Avery. And I was just talking to that guy, I think, on Twitter. I think it's that dynasty guy uh, is his handle about a trade. And Jannard Avery's name was brought up. And I told him, watch for the position switch because he's probably going from linebacker currently on MFL to defensive end because that's pretty Mm -hmm. much, I think, what they're going to roll with him as. Uh, So he's going to be, you know, an edge rusher, not a linebacker probably. So keep an eye on that. Maybe you can get a jump on your your competitors and trade for him now while he's a linebacker and maybe not as valuable. And when he becomes a defensive end, it'll be all good for you. Uh, Moving on to the linebackers. uh, You know, they have a couple other guys, Chris Smith, Anthony Zettel, Chad Thomas to to rotate in as well. I don't think Miles Garrett's leaving the field very often, though. No. Uh, No, Linebackers. Linebackers. They got some good linebackers here. They do. Uh, they only have two listed, which is kind of funny because, you know, <laughs> uh, I guess they're kind of running a 4-3, a but a 4-2-5 maybe most of the time. I mean, if you're playing the Steelers, they're probably going to run three wide sets a lot. If you're playing Baltimore, they're not going to run three wide, so they're going to have to change stuff or they're going to treat one of their safeties like a linebacker one or the, one or the other uh but you got joe schobert and christian kirksey mm-hmm. uh taki taki and mac wilson i think will see the field this year um i think taki taki more of it than mac wilson but uh you know uh, kirksey missed a lot of time last season yep. so if he misses a lot of time i think you're going to see taki taki and wilson even more um, I don't think either one of those guys plays 100% or even huge snaps this season. Uh, but they could see the field. Uh, at corner, Denzel Ward becoming one of the uh, really good shutdown corners, I think. Uh, you got Greedy Williams probably going to start on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we all know what I think of Greedy's tackling. Uh, TJ Carey is probably going to play that nickel corner. And then you got Terrence Mitchell uh, roaming around in there. And at safety, you got Morgan Burnett, the vet, and Demarius Randall. Uh, Demarius Randall, surprisingly high Madden rating, by the way. Oh, Lord. He was like third on the team in Madden rating. For, th- for those who care about that sort of thing. His name stuck out because it's not what I would expect to be rated that highly at safety but well, i don't know um, he's got a good all-around <laughs> game i think is the thing is he, he's not maybe like a superstar but he does things well maybe not elitely but he yeah. does things well um and he's a former corner so he, his cover skills are probably maybe a tiny bit better than a lot of other safeties um and he's still young so speed is on his side too uh, but you also have Jermaine Whitehead and Sheldrick Redwine back there. Um, I don't think Redwine's going to get much play this year. Jermaine Whitehead could sneak in some snaps here with Burnett, with Burnett being older. Um, so what do we think about that lineup there? Yeah, I- I'm interested to see what they do with their linebackers, for sure. It's it's. I mean, this is just a depth chart by our lads is where i get most of my depth chart information from i always i always do cross-reference it with football guys as well they're both free so i mean it's nice to look at free stuff and they're pretty plugged into what teams are doing they, they do a lot of the same stuff we do read beat writer reports you know yeah i'm looking at roto world right now it's a little different they've got showbert at middle curtsy at weak and avery as the strong side backer but like you said that yeah, he could just, be in for a position change real soon we just talked about him being an end yeah uh, but you know i guess is he really i mean is he gonna be on the field with vernon and miles maybe I've got, maybe i've got a i think miles and vernon are going to be the two which you say this because 
I'm looking at Roto World. They've got him listed as the starting strong side backer, but they also have him as a backup defensive end. So he he's may play a little bit of everything in those so this spots. Is, so, so the AFC North is the training camp watch, basically. <laughs> we got we got to pay attention to the Bengals. We got to pay attention to the Ravens, and now we got to pay attention to the Cleveland Browns front four. Yep. It's a shame they weren't doing hard knocks with Cleveland this year. We could get some insight on that, but right. anyway, getting into it here, tackle wise, Jamie Collins led the team with 104. He's now gone. Joe Schobert had 103. Demarius Randall with 85. Julius Peppers, he's now gone with 79. And TJ Carey, who's that nickelbacker with uh, 74, or a nickel corner, I guess. He's not really a linebacker. Um, so I would expect Kirksey to return to form and lead the team. Yeah. Uh, I would expect, I don't know about Burnett replacing Pepper's 79 tackles. I guess that's possible. Uh, maybe. It's possible. Maybe. Uh, sack wise, Miles Garrett at 13 and a half. I think that number, ha- I think that's, and this might be, pumping him up a little bit that might be his floor yeah i see him in that 15 to 16 range with this line that's here with this complimentary parts on this defense i think that could be his floor also with baker and the offense he they might have the lead a little bit more and be able to just pin his ears back and go right um ogan joby was second on the team with five and a half you could probably see him repeating that possibly uh, Jannard Avery was third with four and a half. Uh, I, I think, and I know you don't want to pump up numbers too much because reality is what reality is, and you don't want to say, oh, everybody's going to have double-digit sacks. But I think Avery's ceiling is probably 10 sacks. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd say ceiling, not, not floor. I mean, his, I, would I think I mean, four and a half is a fair... I think six would be a fair number to put on him in the second year. Yeah, six or seven. That's about where I would have him at. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Collins had four. He's now gone. And Joe Schobert had three. Um, I would expect maybe Collins' numbers to maybe go to Avery or even to Kirksey. Um, I'm not sure how much Kirksey rushes when he's in there. We don't really have a lot of stats on him from last season because he missed uh, nine games. Uh, But looking overall here at the top IDPs, Joe Schobert, uh, I'm hesitantly buying him. And I said before last season, I wanted to see him do it again. And he did it again. So uh, I'm not really cementing him as an LB1. I think he's more of an LB2 in my mind. Uh, He had one interception, two forced fumbles, two two fumble recoveries, and six passes defended. Uh, Not too shabby. He had a couple sacks as well. Um, Christian Kirksey only played in seven starts, still had two picks, five passes defended and a fumble recovery, uh, showing you kind of what Kirksey can do when he's out there and healthy. Miles Garrett, three forced fumbles and 29 QB hits. Uh, I I would venture to say most of those forced fumbles are during sacks trying to rip at the ball. Yep. So he, he's a, he could create a lot of turnovers, um, I'd like to see him recover a few. Just take the ball out of the guy's hand. Uh, Demarius Randall had four picks, a fumble recovery, and nine passes defended. And uh, Jannard Avery is one I wanted to look at in in particular. He had a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and 14 QB hits in his five games started. So I think you might see that number go up a tad. Maybe not started numbers, but he played in all 16, and he played 58% of snaps. Um in comes Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon. Um, one of the issues I think that some of these players are going to have with IDP stats is are they going to get as much playing time as they did on their former teams? And I guess that's to be determined. Right. Uh, any other players that you're spotlighting here as a top IDP target for us? I'm really liking Sheldon uh richardson coming over here yeah yeah i I, I wish he was still in seattle so yeah he's i think this is going to be a he's going to have a bit bit of a better year here in cleveland with miles garrett and them and uh 
Um, looking, like I said, their linebackers, we depends on what they do with Avery, but looks like Schobert and uh, Kirksey's going to make a big impression being healthy for a full uh, season, so that's going to be big. Then their yeah. corners, I mean, Ward and, and and Greedy, I mean, I expect teams went after Ward last year as a rookie. He had three picks, 11 deflections, uh, two fumble recoveries, a forced fumble. I mean, he did a little bit of everything. So I expect them to kind of maybe go away from him and target Greedy. So Greedy's going to have to – he's going to have to show something. And early on, he could be a a very good IDP asset. Maybe um, you pick him up and you play him the first three or four weeks and he does good, and maybe you can flip him for something uh, that you need. Yeah. Denzel Ward also had uh, 11 passes defended. So, yeah. So he, he's getting you points. Um, and yeah, I yeah. still have him on a few rosters. He even missed three games, by the way. So that's yeah. not even a complete season. And he still had some pretty good numbers. Um, yeah, that's still um, heavy with Will. He, he's another guy, I think, that is still good to roster. You know, he's mm-hmm. not quite at that elite quarterbacks are completely avoiding him level. He's, you know, he's 21 years old. He's going to yeah. be 22 this season. So, I mean, you got a good ceiling. And I think, you know, he, he has time to work into that top um, shutdown role in the next couple of years. You know, it normally takes one or two years before guys get recognized as that. Um, they'll, they'll test him again this year, I think. And, and maybe he'll make them pay. I mean, he had three picks in 13 games last season. Uh, snap percentage-wise, Randall played 92%. I'd expect the same. Collins played 91%. I'd expect Kirksey to take that. Uh, Garrett played 86%. I'd continue to see that. Uh, Joby played 79%. That seems very high for a defensive tackle to me. We've been doing this for like three divisions so far, and that's one of the higher defensive tackle numbers I think we've seen. Um, maybe because the bigger guys, they normally rotate out a little more. Uh, TJ Carey at 77%, Schobert 76%. So Schobert's even only playing about three-fourths of snaps and still, you know, he missed three games with injury. That's where those uh, snap loss probably came from. Uh, Denzel Ward played 71. He missed a few games. Ogba, who's now gone, 68%. Peppers, 65%. He's now gone. In comes Burnett. I would expect Burnett to probably play about that same percentage. And Jannard Avery played 58%. I would like to see those numbers bumped up a little bit. I think Agba's numbers go to Vernon. Um, they added Richardson, Vernon, and Burnett. They subtracted Peppers, Collins, and Agba. Um, I think they lost some good players, but they also brought in some really good talent. And especially in the draft as well. They added uh, Taki Taki, Mac Wilson, and Greedy Williams. So they... they Despite trading away their their first round pick, they still ended up with a lot of good talent. Yeah, they added some nice pieces. I mean, their first round pick was basically Odell Beckham. So. Right. Can't argue with that, even though I'm not the biggest Odell fan. Um, yeah, me neither. But uh, that's about it. Um, going on to I I. I the evil empire is kind of the, the, the Patriots, so we'll leave that alone here. Um, I really don't have a good drop for these guys, so I don't know. We'll just skip the drop then. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I don't really have anything that fits the, the Steelers here besides... Could have played some, uh, uh, what is it? Wiz Khalifa, the black and yellow. I don't know what you just said there, but okay. Well, you know, us hip people that are into music and know what's going on, they, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, wouldn't say that's the top of my list of listening. <laughs> You'd like to know what I listen to. Rated IDP Live, we talked a little bit about music, so. Uh, you were on there? A couple weeks back, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. So, you do. Good times. Good. Yes, yes. Although my impression is that you don't remember a lot of the episodes that happen. <laughs> I remember. 
You, you remember. You, you get told about it the next day. <laughs> yeah. They just have to drop my memory a little. Anyway, uh, the Steelers, we, we know about their offensive dysfunctions. Uh, hopefully that dysfunction's gone this year. Uh, their defense, though, is uh, building something pretty nice. Uh, up front, Javon Hargrave is one of the nose tackles that's very underrated and does a good job as an IDP, even though he's a nose tackle. Um, yes. I think you'd agree with that. Cameron Hayward and Stefan Tuitt. Um, we talked about defensive ends that are three, four defensive ends that are still worth having. And I think both of these guys are still worth rostering. They're maybe not every week starters, but as a bye week or injury fill in, uh, I think Hayward's a little more than that. Tuitt's a nice, you know, fill in when needed, kind of a break in case of emergency kind of player. Um, they both will get to here in a minute when we talk about sacks. Uh, linebackers, obviously the big addition, Devin Bush. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to be the stud on this team. Yep. Uh, Vince Williams will sit, play next to him, and I think that's a better role for him, being the Robin to the Batman, so to speak. Uh, and then outside, you got T.J. Watt, who is one of the best best ball IDP players, I think, uh, because in best ball, if he gets four sacks for you in one game, that's great. And if he doesn't, you start somebody else because the best ball. That's so right. we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later on this summer. Bud Dupree is on the other end. Um, I really like Sutton Smith, and I'm not sure how much he's going to play. I don't know how much he's going to be able to play year one because I I think his speed around the edge, the guy is small, speedy, and quick around the edge. I think Bud Dupree could maybe split some time with him. Uh, This season, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I really like Sutton Smith. He, I mean, he played at Northern Illinois, which is not you know, you know a football powerhouse or anything, but not maybe upper tier competition, but had a ton of sacks. Yeah, but he dominated that level like you would expect a player to do. He did. Uh, he, he did. Some of my grading, he was one of like six players that his explosion score was above two, and that's, you know – that was uh he was up there with bosa and oliver and those guys so pretty impressive well wrapping up through the rest here we got the corners joe hayden uh steven nelson and mike hilton will probably be or starting corners mike hilton being that nickelback uh artie burns might see some time justin lane uh that's a about it for corners and that safety Sean Davis and Terrell Edmonds that I, I must say Terrell Edmonds kind of came out of nowhere and he did okay this yeah. rookie season uh, tackles uh, going through tackles Sean Davis had 80 Terrell Edmonds had 78 so he's second on the team in tackles despite being a rookie and not even playing um, he, he played a lot actually yeah, the, the, the impressions at the beginning of the season were that this was Morgan Burnett's job, but I think quickly they realized Morgan Burnett just wasn't really hacking it. So Edmonds got a ton of playing time and, and produced okay. I think if he can make a step forward, he'd be a better IDP asset. Uh, good buy low, because I don't think many people think of him as a good safety uh, for IDP. Vince Williams was third with 76 uh, John Bostic, who's now in Washington, had 73, and T.J. Watt had 68 tackles. So despite his boom-bust acumen, maybe acumen's not the word to use there, his boom-bust potential, uh, 68 tackles is not horrible. It looks no. like these tackle numbers are kind of spread out because there's no one guy over 100 here. 80's the highest, so... Yeah. Maybe the stack crew isn't very generous. This is what I'm thinking. Uh, Sack-wise, here we go. Boom bust guy, TJ Watt. If you got a best ball, he's a good guy to throw in there. Uh, Cameron Hayward, eight sacks. Hargrave, 
six and a half sacks to it five and a half sacks that's what i mean by these interior guys are still good guys to own because they still produce and then you had bud dupree with five and a half i think the bud dupree experiment has been largely unsuccessful for the the round they took him in love and hargrave though very underrated six and a half sacks for a nose tackle that's that's big that's That's pretty unheard of yeah and going through some top guys obviously devin bush is going to be i think your top guy i think he's the guy that gets 100 sacks or tackles um maybe a few sacks mixed in there as well uh sean davis uh nothing really too flashy he had seven passes defended in a pick uh terrell edmonds had a pick four passes defended a fumble recovery and a sack vince williams uh in his kind of lead dog role had an interception run back for a touchdown two passes defended four and a half sacks um he did okay he like i said he's better as a as a robin than a batman so to speak Um, tj watt obviously at 13 sacks had six forced fumbles that's a pretty high number too 21 qb hits 12 tackles for loss so he is doing a great job. Um, six forced fumbles. Yeah. Being disrupted. Six forced fumbles. That is not a typo. Six. That's yeah, that's, crazy. Uh... that's that's learning from your brother. Learn from the yep. best. Um so looking through here, Cameron Hayward again, pretty steady. Eighteen quarterback hits to go along with eight sacks, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. Um, Hargrave, only eight QB hits, but six and a half sacks is pretty good. So yeah, I mean he's. I'm telling you for a for a three four nose, that's a huge number. Yeah. I would probably equate that to. I don't know. That's like getting fifteen sacks at a normal position because it's just so hard. At, what you're facing there because a lot of times you're doubled if not tripled team there uh kind of like sue was for a a number of years that three four is typically not a idp uh position that you go after but when you're putting up those kind of numbers he's one of the few that he's definitely worth targeting yeah and going through the snaps real quick here, Sean Davis played 94%, Terrell Edmonds 93%, Hayden played 90%, TJ Watt 86%, Bud Dupree 83%, Cameron Hayward 81%, Cody Sensabaugh played 71%, Vince Williams 71%, Tewitt played 66%, and Mike Hilton played 56%. Uh, so their corners, they kind of besides Hayden they kind of rotate him around here I'm pretty sure they didn't want to play Cody Sensible that much but I think injuries had a big part to do with that right um add additions obviously Devin Bush is the largest addition to this defense and I think will change this defense drastically um the departure was Bostic um obviously they're still Ryan Shazier still wants to play I, I don't think that's a possibility in my eyes. I don't know. I know some people are still rostering him. If you yeah. have an IR spot and he's eligible for it, I'm not going to tell you to drop him. You know, if you want to keep him on your team as a sentimental, uh, you know, nod to him in his heart, then go for it. But um, yeah, he's <laughs> probably not playing football again. Yeah, I don't know a doctor that would clear him. To play football again and something that s- severe i don't know that i would want to risk it again i mean i know I've football players are a different breed though they are I, and i'm sure if i would have been good enough to continue on i would have be the same way it's just that competitive drive but yeah absolutely if he does i hope he makes sure that he's fully healthy and there's oh, no yeah. there's no um severe risk involved yeah but that'll wrap up the afc north uh we will go over our predictions uh right before week one 
so we won't have to, to share think of those now you know there's still a whole lot of off season to go a whole lot of things can change injuries you know we, we hate hearing about injuries in training camp but it always happens and some of these teams will drastically change before uh week one so you know don't get so cemented in this is my starting lineup you know and I'm not straying from this because one or two of those guys could be gone before week one, and I'm not wishing that on anybody by any means. But be prepared, you know. Have backup plans. Keep an eye on who these depth pieces are. So if you hear tomorrow Preston Brown is out for whatever, uh, you can go pick up Hardy Nickerson or uh, somebody else to fill in there. Jermaine Pratt. So be prepared. Uh, that'll about do it for the AFC North. Join us on Thursday for the NFC Norris Division. Oh, I mean North Division. Um, that used to be the hockey uh, North Division. Uh, Daryl, anything else for the people? No, I think we've covered everything we need to cover in yeah. this one. Eliminators are full. Um, Eliminators are full. Listener leagues full. We're we're good with leagues here. Uh, I guess the only thing left is the uh, Fantasy Shack FF FSAAB1. Yeah. Go sign up. Get and your membership before it's too late, your subscription. Yeah, membership, redraft guide. Go out and get it. Go Hawks. Tighten up. Good night now. We will see you on Thursday, Friday morning, something, whatever this drops. Oh, Lord.